Okay, we're here back at the WIDA 2019 conference in Providence, Rhode Island. I'm here with um, Michelle Benegas, who was a guest on our Highest Aspirations podcast about a year ago, I think That's that right. was, right? Tell us a little about the work you're doing to refresh everyone's memory. Sure. So our model is called the ELM Project, which is the English Learners in the Mainstream Project. And we position ESL teachers as site-based experts and coaches for their mainstream colleagues. Great. And you can learn all about that and some other things in the podcast episode we did with you. We'll link to that. But you also did a session just today. You kind of, I think you just got back from that, that was titled similarly. The title was Positioning ESL Teachers as Site-Based Experts and Instructional Peer Coaches. Um, How did that go over? What were some takeaways that you got from kind of the crowd there? So it went off really well. Um, we had about 200 people in the audience from Amazing. all over the country. Yeah, it was wonderful. We also brought some of our district partners along. So we had um, one district, St. Paul Public Schools, that is enormous and has a high number of English learners. They were able to speak to how they've implemented this teacher leadership model in their school. We had another suburban district that's kind of mid-sized, and they talked about how it worked in their school. And then we had a third coach who's working all on her own. She does not have building level or district level support, but she's still enacting a teacher leadership model. So it was really lovely to kind of have all of these different ways in which teacher leadership can live itself out and then have different um, individuals who are in attendance draft action plans for their own site about how they can take on leadership to better serve their English learners. Yeah, you know, one of the great things about this conference is that you see folks from very different districts, small numbers of English learners, large numbers of English learners, everything in between. And what you see is that all of these places, no matter how many students they're serving, have sort of similar challenges, um, and they're doing great work no matter what. So for you to bring those kind of three different cases in must have been really nice. It was really nice. And I think the the other kind of idea that our model rests on is that the expertise already lives in the schools. Yeah, for sure. Right? That we have all of these wonderful experts, and we would rather have schools capitalizing on their expertise than hiring outside consultants to come in and teach them something for a day and then leave. Yeah, no doubt. Let's zoom out a little bit. A very broad question that I've been asking a few people here. What do you see as being sort of the biggest challenge over the last year or so, maybe since we spoke in, in English learner education? Well, I think the biggest challenge continues to be the same. It's that we have a high number of English learners and a a, a very small number of people who are prepared to meet their needs. And so it's not enough anymore to say that we're going to have well-prepared in ESL teachers. We really need to do better than that. We need to come up with models that are making sure that all teachers are on board. Yeah, that's great. And I'm hearing that in like a variety of different ways. There's a variety of different solutions kind of proposed for that. But the issue, there's no getting around is that we just, you know, we need to have enough qualified teachers to work with these with these students. All right, so success. Have you seen something over the last year or so that has been just like a great success? And, and if so, what is that? I would say it's the evolving role of the ESL teacher. So um, we have seen a lot of deprofessionalization happening with ESL teachers in particular, um, that they're treated like tutors or they're treated like assistants in the classroom. And we found that when they're positioned as experts, when they're giving professional development, when they're observing their colleagues and giving feedback, that their role is elevated and they start to then act like a leader. Um, And that's been really transformational for people in the field. Yeah, you certainly see that here. I mean, you see a lot of people who are, you know, among their people and they're kind of meant to shine and they do. And if we can get them to do that in schools as well as we should, uh, that's going to make a huge difference. Um, 
So you you don't work specifically with Elevation because you're not at a school district, but you work with districts that do. You were just telling me that you were in a conference and there was some dovetailing there. Have you heard anything about Elevation and how it's helping some of these uh, teachers and administrators um, with their work? Sure. So Elevation is serving as a conduit for conversations to happen amongst um, staff in a building, right? And we know that that's really, really hard to do, that there's limited time in the school day, um, there are limited resources, and so getting everybody on the same page about where ELs are is sometimes feels like an unsurmountable task. And Elevation provides an avenue for people to do that. Um, So so I do sing your praises um, wherever we go, but we know that that it's not accessible to everybody. So uh, you send out things in the in the email as well. I get something regularly. What do you call it? Spotlight. It's the uh, EL. It's gone through a bunch of iterations, mm-hmm. but now it is called the EL Community Brief. And we have our video Whiteboard Wednesday video series, our podcast, which you are on, as well as our what we're reading curated articles. Right, right. So, so I'm a professor of te- teacher education, so I don't interact with. Um, elevation regularly, but I do use your resources regularly. Um, and so it's really lovely to have that, that circle of, of continued communication. Yeah, it's great to hear. And we love doing it. And I, personally, it's like, uh, I feel very lucky to have that role where I get to kind of curate those articles and send them out to folks, regardless of whether they're using elevation or not. Well, Michelle, thanks so much for your time. And um, we'll see you uh, for the rest of the conference here. Sounds good. Thanks for talking with me.